Theology Thursday Live, and we are trying to keep it to 12 minutes. Let's see how I do. Biblical interpretation. What is the right way to interpret, to study the Bible? So, um, this is the third episode. In the first one, we had first principles, and it means, the word we're using for that is gap. And that means God is the author, therefore it has authority, and therefore it also has power to those who um, read and study the Bible in faith. It has the power to do the things that we're called to do. Give us the ability to do the things we're called to do in the scriptures. Hello, my beautiful bride. And the second principle was rule, R-U-L-E. That the Bible is actually God's revelation to us. And since he's revealing, um, unveiling himself to us, then it's understandable. would make any sense for his revelation not to be understandable. And then L is love. You have to love it. You have to spend time in it. That's only done by faith. And then E is you need to explain it. You need to... Um, to uh, evangelize, to encourage with it. You need to put it into use. You need to engage with it. So when you teach something, you learn more about it and you remember it better. So today, um, it's the infallible rule of interpreting the scripture. So before I give you our word, um, let me just read from the Westminster Confession of Faith. Chapter 1, paragraph 9 says this. The infallible, that means the unfailing, the only perfect way, the only way that doesn't fail, the infallible rule of interpretation of Scripture is the Scripture itself. And therefore, when there is a question about the true or full sense of any Scripture, it must be searched and known by other places that speak more clearly. Okay? Simeon, bonsoir. That was a bonjour. Um, so, I always say the wrong way. Bonsoir. I had it right the first time. Um, this is going to go over 12 minutes. I keep this up. So, um, the only infallible rule of interpreting the Bible is that the Bible interprets itself so that if there's a place where something's not clear, you go to a place where that is clear and you um, interpret that in light of that. Now, we're going to use an example today. And the example is... Um, Luke 14:26. Okay, so Jesus is speaking in Luke 14:26, and he says, "If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple." So it's like, okay, Jesus is telling us to hate our family members and even to hate ourselves, and we might say, "I can't get that. We're supposed to hate ourselves." Okay, wait a minute. So. What does he mean? So you, and there's different things we're going to look at, you know, what do the words mean and, and things like that. But today we're just going to look at this idea. Um, since Scripture can't contradict itself, you know, what else does the Bible have to say about it? So let's look at this before we go and examine that a little more closely. How do we interpret that? So our um, acronym, our word for today, is going to be um, VITO which is the, an Italian name, V-I-T-O. Uh, it comes from the Latin word vita, which means um, vit life, like vitality and vitamin. So you can either do vito, which I remember vito better for some reason, but you could also remember vita, okay, like vitamin. So either way, because the O and the A, I'm going to give you a word for that. So uh, the V is, the V-I actually, the first one is verbal inspiration, 
Okay, verbal inspiration. The T is truth, and the O is omniscience, which also means all-knowing. So whichever way you want to go with this one, veto, but you got to remember that's a, you know, not like you're voting against something. It's a, a guy's name, which means life, which means which vita. So either way you want to do it, vita or veto. So first, verbal inspiration. So we know from first principles that God is the author of Scripture and that he has revealed himself. We, he reveals himself in natural revelation. It's called general revelation as we see the heavens declare the glory of God because the Bible tells us it does. And he also now, this is special revelation where he has revealed himself in the words of Scripture. Now, verbal inspiration means that God actually inspired those words. Okay, that's important because we're going to read those words and we're going to study those words and we want to know what those words mean. And since he has revealed himself um, in words, it's important to know, all right, what about God? What do we know about true to be what do we know to be true about God? And that's our T and that he is truth. He cannot lie. So, verbal inspiration. Let's just look at that real quick. 2 Timothy 3.16, we're going to use that a lot. All scripture is theonoustos, God-breathed, theonoustos, God-breathed and is profitable for teaching and correction correction and rebuking these things, okay? So, theonoustos, that's a good word to to have in your your back pocket for some reason. Um, God breathed verbal inspiration of Scripture. When you're reading the words of God, words of the Bible, you're reading God's words. He's, he's breathed them out through human um, authors. So we can study those words, we can understand those words, and it's not just feelings. It's not just, well, the words don't really matter, it's what does it mean to me, or the words don't really make that much of a difference. It's just the Holy Spirit speaking to me. He spoke in words. God did not just speak because he spoke all things into existence. But he, did, he, he doesn't just speak to our hearts. He has spoken words that you can pick up and read. And therefore, those words are important. And we should spend time in them. And since he has breathed out those words through human authors, and they're infallible because he tells us they are, then we need to understand, too, that God is true. So you can trust Okay, you can use that for the T too. You can trust it. Second um, Timothy two fifteen says, "Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth." So when Paul is talking to his disciple Timothy and he's telling him how best to preach and teach, he says, "Use the Bible." He doesn't say just go around saying, "Well, the Holy Spirit told me this," or "The Holy Spirit told me that." He says, "Use the Bible. Figure out the Bible." study it, live it, um, present yourself to God as one approved, a worker, rightly handling the Word of God. So the Word of God is, is very important in the life of a believer in teaching and in how you do your life. You have the Holy Spirit, you love it, um, therefore God does communicate truth to us through His words. But we're told to study it, you're told to memorize it, you're told to meditate upon it because um, we're supposed to. And that's how God speaks to us primarily. So God is truth. John 17, 17, Jesus' high priestly prayer, He's saying, sanctify them, set them apart in truth. Thy word is truth. Okay, so Jesus is saying God's word is truth, and the Bible is God's word, so it is true. Um, Titus 1, 2, God never lies. Hebrews 6, 18, it's impossible for God to lie. Numbers 23, 19, God is not a man that he shall lie. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
God doesn't lie. He's the truth, so you can believe the word of God, and he's not going to contradict himself. And that's the important thing. So you're not going to find him saying one thing in one place and the opposite thing in another place unless it appears to be like that. Like sometimes in um, Proverbs, he'll say one thing and then the opposite thing, and that's all about trying to figure out which proverb do you use in a, in a given situation because that's what wisdom is. And sometimes you answer a fool according to his folly, and then sometimes you don't. And wisdom is to know the difference as to when. But in this particular case, we remember Jesus has told us we need to hate our family members. Ugh, seems odd. But he tells the truth, so everywhere you read the Bible, it's going to be true, so it won't contradict itself, because all of it has to be true. Um, then we're going to get to our O or A, omniscience or all-knowingness of God. Um, since God is omniscient and God is all-knowing, then he's not going to make a mistake. A person can write a book and contradict themselves. Okay? Um, R.C. Sproul tells a story in one of his books in Knowing Scripture. He says, um, you know, I can write a book and then somebody else reads something else I wrote in another book. He says, oh, you're contradicting yourself. And he's like, no, look at it like this. You've got to give it the... the um, the, the second look again and think about the nuance between it and what am I saying and it's like oh I see it appeared on the surface level you were contradicting yourself but underneath it you're not but he says I'm a human author therefore I could actually contradict myself and then I have to be called out on it and have to apologize God knows everything and he cannot lie so God's word will be true from beginning to end so if you see something that's an apparent contradiction you need to figure out what's the deal with the contradiction. But we're taking this truth to be able to look at the idea. If you're going to interpret you know, this particular one today, um, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, even his own life, such a person can't be to my disciple. He's telling you to hate your family members. Then you have to say, all right, <laughs> what's he saying? Because what does the rest of the Bible, that's unclear. I mean, it seems clear, but, oh, uh, so we know some other, other things in the Bible. So uh, Luke 6, and this, this whole section is 27 through 36, but what he says is, love your enemies. It's like, okay, well, I love my enemies, but I hate my family members. Okay, that seems odd. Let's look around the Bible some more. First John 3, verses 14 and 15, he says, if you hate someone, you are a murderer at heart. Love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. So if I, if I hate my family members, then I'm a murderer in my heart. I'm murdering my family members in my heart. All right, so we're seeing some things that seem like um, surface-level contradictions. Um, and it's highly unlikely that Jesus is telling us to literally hate our own family, given these things. And therefore, you have to think about this and see Jesus uses what's called hyperbole. He, he uses exaggerated language sometimes to make a point. And what he's doing here is making a point. And in Matthew 10, 37 um, is a quote of Jesus that makes this a little more clear. And Matthew 10, 37 says, Anyone who loves their father and their mother more than me is not worthy of me. Okay? So uh, what, what he's saying is, if you love your father and mother more than me, then you're not worthy of me. So what that can do is that can, you can love a family member more than... I mean, family members are the ones you should love the most. Okay, so, but you're supposed to love Jesus the most. You're supposed to follow him at all costs. He's the one that has the words of life, and he is the, our Savior and our Redeemer and Creator, and he knows these things. But if you love someone more than him, and they keep you from him, then Jesus says you're not worthy to be my disciple. You follow me. That's the most loving thing you can do for your family is to follow Christ. Um, 
So you're saying in an exaggerated way, you need to hate your father. You even follow me. You know, you had to deny that. You know, how bad could it get if there, I mean, there are instances in the world where parents have excommunicated their kids, you know, kicked their kids out of the family, or even some cultures they'll kill their children um, for turning to Christianity. And Jesus is saying, I'm worth it. You need to, to come to me. So the infallible rule of faith and practice is Scripture itself. God is his own interpreter, and the things that are unclear in Scripture are to be um, interpreted in light of things that are clear. There's other examples, too, but I thought that one kind of stands out and can make us think. So veto, verbal inspiration. God is true, therefore he can believe. And he's omniscient. He's, he's all-knowing. So he's not going to make a mistake. Okay? All right, so let's study our Bibles. Trust God with your obedience. Pray for us. Amen.